welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the episode. So happy you're here. It's another awesome week in Miami. I'm going to be talking about some things that I have learned from the ocean. That might sound a little weird and floofy, and it's because it is weird and floofy. But um, since I moved here, I've my whole life has changed. And so much of the things that I've learned and that I've implemented have come from kind of hearing things, getting guidance from, intuition from, whatever you want to call it, um, near the ocean. And so I call it, you know, things the ocean has told me. I use verbiage that kind of sounds floofy. Like I say, the ocean talks to me and um, the ocean and I have a conversation, (laughs) those kinds of things. But it really is truly a practice that I've developed. I go down to the beach to run boot camp. I try to get there early a lot of the days. I used to get there early every day. I need to get back to that. But um, put my feet in, raise my arms to the sky, clear my head, and just listen for for what my soul is saying. Um, I, I meditate. I visualize. I really ask myself, what do I want And then I assess based on what that answer is if I already have it. Because sometimes I think, okay, what do I want? And then I realize I already have that thing. And that becomes a practice then of gratitude to say, wow, there's not a whole lot that I can think of that I want that I don't already have as far as, you know, when I say I want love. Well, I have love in me and I get to display that with so many people in my life. They send love back to me. It's a flow. Um, So then I get more specific. Well, I really want companionship. I want a partner. Well, I have companionship with my friends, with my puppy, with all of these people. And so it kind of brings it down to anything that I want. While it's not that, oh, I I do, there's nothing that, you know, that I should want. Um, It just brings it down to what's really important to say, like, until I have the specific thing that I'm thinking about that I want, I do have these things represented in my life. Like, you know, I live kind of cheaply. I live hand to mouth. I don't make a lot of money. I left a really good paying job. I'm a trainer. I don't always have a full book. Um, I run coaching programs. Those ebb and flow. I have to be really careful with my money. And so a lot of times I stand in the ocean and I go, oh my gosh, I just want enough so that I can stop worrying about my resources. And then I do a quick scan and say, I have enough. I have clothes on my back. I have my rent paid. I have a vehicle that's really nice. I have really nice clothes on my body. All of a sudden, I realize I have enough. Now, do I want more? Yes. I want to live comfortably. I want to build wealth. I want to have um, you know, income coming in to a degree that I don't have to think about saying yes or no based on income. That's really what I want. I want to be able to help everybody that comes across my path and not think about, okay, do I have time for this based on my resources? That's what I want. So it helps me get down to the root of it to say, I do have enough. And now what else do I want? Well, I do want this specific thing. So it really sets my heart into a place of gratitude, being grateful for what I I have, and then clears up the confusion on what I really, really, really want. So um, when I moved here, I I started this practice and um, the ocean ocean and I have, have 
talked a lot. So one of the first messages that I feel like I got from the ocean um, when I was, you know, kind of starting boot camp and starting working here and not really always knowing how to handle people, situations, business, just everything was new. Um, back when I was in college, I had a accounting professor who he turned every class into a mantra of when in doubt and then fill in the blank. So um, in income taxation, it was when in doubt, deduct. And when in doubt, disclose. And when in doubt, I don't even remember all of them. That's why I'm not an accountant anymore. But I was standing out there one day and just kind of like, I just, I don't feel adequate to do all of these things. I'm so unfamiliar with this work in front of me and these dynamics. I don't feel like I know what I'm doing. I need an overarching principle to guide me. And I feel like I heard when in doubt, give. That's it. When in doubt, give. And it just rang so true for me. When, when in doubt, just, just give. If I really, really don't know what to do, give. What's the worst that can happen? You lose a little bit of time. You give something to someone that doesn't appreciate it or doesn't use it. Still doesn't matter. When in doubt, give. And that spills over into every area of life. You know, when, when people are difficult, when in doubt, give them the benefit of, doubt, of the doubt. Um, when in doubt, give patience and understanding and your time and your love, um, trust. It's, it's, it's so easy to get stuck in our heads and not know what the right thing to do is, but it's, it's served me well to think about, I don't really know what to do. Well, I'll just give, I'll say yes. I'll, I'll, I'll show up. I'll set everything else down and put someone else ahead if I can. Now, I don't always do this perfectly, but it's been a really beautiful lesson for me. You know, the boot camp is run on donations, and I could easily charge per person, per class, and require a membership because, you know, I'm running a, a workout every single day. There are expenses. Um, there are, as far as I know, no other gyms or classes or anything around here that's run on donation. There are some community events, but... Um, it would certainly ease my mind to know what kind of income was coming in if I charged a membership or charged donations. Um, but I feel like that message from the beginning was really important. When in doubt, give. And there are many times that I run a workout and nobody donates anything. And I don't get all butthurt about it because the universe, the ocean, my soul said, when in doubt, give. You show up, you do the thing. I do those workouts because I love them. I love this community. I love this beach. And so it keeps my focus on the correct thing, which is giving my talents. I was born, I was given a certain set of skills and talents and this soul and heart of mine. And it is my, I'm here on this earth to execute anything in front of me using what I have. And I have a heart and I have a workout. So I show up, I do the thing when in doubt give. Do you think your body is beautiful? Do you think all of your body is beautiful? Like your toes? your nose, your ears. Most of us have something about our body that we don't like. And that's fair. I mean, I don't particularly love the shape of my hips. Like it's it's kind of strange. Like it doesn't matter what I do. I have kind of a boxy shape. I don't like it. Um, But it is what it is, right? And um, I think in life, especially women, we end up 
we do this comparison thing. I'm not telling you something you don't know, but we compare ourselves to others. We compare ourselves to a standard of beauty that's been put in front of us based on God knows what. Um, which is interesting because that standard of beauty changes all the time. Now, like Kim Kardashian's shape is considered beautiful when, you know, in the 90s, the waif thin, no hips, no structure, no boobs, no butt, that was considered beautiful. You know, back in the 1940s, it was different. Um, You know, it, it ebbs and flows, it changes. But we as women compare ourselves to what the world says is beautiful. And then when we don't match it, we feel less than we feel bad. We try to change the things that we don't like. And it's, it's programming. It's societal programming. It happens to everybody. And so this morning on the beach, we were, um, working out, doing our ab routine. And I always give verbal instructions. And also we have a demonstrator on the ab routine. And, um, it was, there's one where you shake the sand off your feet, pull your feet up straight up, curl your toes towards your face, and then you reach up for your toes. So you're trying to touch your toes. You get a nice little ab crunch. And I've gotten in the habit of saying, you know, pull your feet straight up, reach for your beautiful little toes. And today it just hit me to think, you know, when we're born, when we're babies, the doctor hands us to our mom. And there's a, there's a common thing of like counting the toes, cute little baby toes doesn't matter if they're crooked or if they're all the same size or straight across. There's no mommy who gets her little baby, I don't think, and goes, ew, oh my gosh, this is just terrible. Look at this fat little butt, can't even open its eyes, toes are a little crooked. What is this thing? This isn't as cute as the baby down the hall. This isn't a cute baby. What's going on? No, like when you have a baby, if you have had a baby... There's something really crazy that happens. That baby could look like a damned monkey. (laughs) And you lay eyes on your child and everything you see is magnificently beautiful. I remember when the doctor handed me Stephen or showed him to me. I had a C-section, so I couldn't hold him right away. But they brought him around the curtain and I looked at him and he was awake and quiet and his eyes were open and they were like blueberries. And I saw him and I was like, oh, he's so beautiful. And when I came out of surgery and I saw my family, I said, did you see him? Did you see how beautiful he is? Did you see him? I was stunned. I was blown away at his beauty. And when I got to hold him and have him in my arms and examine his little toes and his fingers, the little lines on his fingers and the little tiny little tufts of hair on his ears. He had little Yoda ears. Now, if you walk down the street, if someone had hair on their ears, they'd be like, get that stuff waxed off. But my baby had little Yoda ears and it was beautiful and big, beautiful eyes and this little, little lip that looked just like mine, which is, you know, way too small, but the delight. And then somewhere along the way, we grow up and we start looking in the mirror and we start going, oh my gosh, my ears are too big. My son hates his ears or at least he did they were he had big ears and he hated them he tucked them behind a hat society said you're not supposed to have ears the size of his ears so he didn't like his ears i have giant feet and my big toe is half the size it's supposed to be so i always say i have nine toes four and a half on each foot my feet are according to the standard of what feet beauty are they're disgusting (laughs) um that's what society says my feet are disgusting they're weird they're too big And that big toe is too short. There's all of these standards, the norms, the statistics of what we're supposed to look like. And so we look in the mirror and we 
say terrible things to ourselves. What if when the doctor handed us to our mommy, she said those things that you say to yourself to you? Ugh, so disgusting. Ugh, too fat. Ugh, too short. Ugh, brown hair. Ugh, brown eyes. Ugh, eyes too close together. Ugh, nostrils big. Ugh. No. Beautiful. Everything about you is perfectly beautiful. So I challenge you to when you talk about your body parts from now on to use the word beautiful. When you look in the mirror, hmm, my beautiful nose is a little sunburned. Oh, I'm getting my beautiful ears pierced. My beautiful belly button needs to be cleaned. (laughs) My beautiful feet are sore. My beautiful belly is full. That's the biggest thing. We get done with our ab routine and I ask everyone to push their belly out to stretch and release all that tension after we crunch our core. And I say, press your beautiful belly down. Your belly is beautiful. It houses your intestines and your liver and your spleen. Your inner core protects your vital organs. And because we have some fat there, we tend to hate our core. We hate our midsection. Ugh, muffin top, ugh, gross, cover it up. Well, no. Your core, your middle part of your body, it houses the things that keep you alive, that feed you, that nourish you. Your belly button is there. The little belly button that connected you to your mommy, that gave you life in the womb. Your belly is beautiful. Now, if you have too much fat on it, that's just something that you can do. You can eat less fat and remove fat from your body. I get it. We don't like fat. It feels uncomfortable. It covers up our shape. It makes things fit tightly. I get it. No one is trying to force you to believe that fat on your body is something you should be like, I love my fat. Nobody likes to feel fat covering up their truest self. But guess what? Hating your body and hating yourself just keeps you stuck and makes you want to eat things that add to the fat on your body. The only way you can change the changeable things about your body is by falling in love with your body as it is now. If there's extra fat on it, there's extra fat on it. That's all. It's not ugly. It's not pretty. It's not good. It's not bad. It's a fact. There's extra fat between your skin and your organs. That fat needs to be burned off via exercise or aspiration, movement. That's it. And it's possible. Totally possible. But your body, you are perfect as you are. Delight in yourself, even if you don't feel it. Maybe you can giggle at it. Say, man, I make a lot of jokes about the fact that my lips are tiny. I say, God got stuck working on Angelina Jolie, gave her my dose of lips. I got no lips. So now I got to buy lips. I get my lips filled. I just got them filled this week. I love them so much. Um, So I make a joke about it instead of being mad that my lips are too small. And I didn't start getting lip injections till a couple of years ago. I just dealt with it. And it was like, okay, it's fine. My lips are tiny. I have tiny lips. What am I going to do about it? If I'm not going to get them filled and make them look differently, which, you know, I like them fuller. So I do it. Someday I probably stop doing it. I don't know. But the only reason I change it is because I truly am okay with them as they are. When I had lost weight, I had so much extra skin everywhere. And I waited several years to get it taken off. A lot of people have weight loss surgery, lose a massive amount of weight, and they immediately get a tummy tuck and get that skin removed because it's uncomfortable and it's droopy and it doesn't look great and it looks sad and tired. 
I hated the fact that I had extra skin and it was so hard to move around. It was hard to work out with it flapping. I could tuck my boobs into my pants. My arms actually hit me when I ran. But I knew that if I went and had surgery and had that removed, it wouldn't solve anything. I wouldn't be able to see myself in the mirror any differently. I knew that because I hated what I saw. I hated it. And it wasn't until I said, you know what? This is me. This is my body. My scars tell my story and my story is power. I stopped hating what I saw in the mirror. I still didn't like the way the skin looked. It's not like, oh, you have to pretend like you like something. But I stopped hating myself. I started looking in the mirror and saying, you are brave. Your scars tell your story. Your skin tells a story. And it's a big, beautiful, powerful story. And then I was ready to say, okay, I want the skin gone. I'm ready to have it gone. I want it out of my way. It's not going to change how I feel about myself. I just want it out of my way. And it didn't change how it felt about myself. I loved myself. And I'm so glad I had that skin removed because now I don't see it. It's not in my way. I don't think about it. It's a barrier that's been removed. And it's a reminder that's gone. But anything that you hate about your body, changing it doesn't do any good until you ex at least accept what you see. Now, easier said than done, but we can start with that verbiage. We can start with changing the dialogue in our head when we get up and look in the mirror. Now, in my building, all of the elevators are mirrored, so when I get in the elevator, I'm immediately looking at myself. I like to take a lot of elevator selfies. There are many days where I feel really good in my skin and I'm doing fine. I get in the elevator and I go, oh God, I look bloated, I look tired. And I have to stop and say, no, look at you, powerful, strong woman. You fed yourself. You're going to go move your body. You're beautiful. And it doesn't always sink in super hard. Sometimes it's like, uh, okay, fine. But I'm intentional about it. And that's what empowers me to go show people how to move their body, train their body. I can say, yeah, sometimes I don't feel good in my skin, but guess what? I love my body. It's bringing me here. My body is a car. It drives my soul around. I couldn't connect with you. I couldn't connect with anyone if my body didn't bring me to this connection point, to stand on the beach, to stand in a gym, to sit here and hold a phone and talk to it. My body is all I have. If my body dies, my soul can no longer interact or exist on the planet Earth and, and knock itself up against other people and experiences. My body is the most precious thing. Without it, I cannot go and be present on the earth. I love my body. Thank God I have it. When our body dies, our soul doesn't get to ride around in it anymore. That's so sad. So love your body. Talk to your body the way that your mommy talked to you the first time she laid eyes on you. Try it. What's the worst that can happen? You sound silly? You sound self-serving? You're not going to sound self-serving. You'll empower someone else to love themselves more too. Built Bars. You guys, I've been talking about them for a long time, but I really need you to understand that they're really delicious and they just started making in the last year puffs which are basically marshmallow covered in chocolate 
full of protein. They now have a Puffs mixed box. So these are soft, yummy. They're about 140 calories, 150 calories, depending on the flavor. 17 grams of protein on average. Some of them do have sugar. So seven grams of sugar up to nine grams of sugar. So they're not just sugar-free, but if you don't want to have a whole protein bar, which typically those are over 200 calories for 20 grams of protein, and they're full of a lot of like flavors that people don't like, this is the solution. They're small. So you, it's more of a snack size, still adding protein. I like to eat them when I'm eating them at, for a dessert. So instead of a candy bar or ice cream, you're having something that tastes just like a candy bar. I'm not kidding. People say a, a protein bar tastes like a candy bar and it's like, no, this is garbage. This sucks all the moisture out of my face. This doesn't taste like a candy bar. On what planet does this taste like candy? Built bars are different. I defy you to find a better tasting protein bar and these puffs are amazing. Every time they come out with a new flavor of puff, they sell out. Brownie batter, birthday cake, banana cream pie, churro, coconut marshmallow, they're amazing. The actual built bars, the protein bars themselves are also delicious. They're super filling, 130 calories for the cookies and cream flavor. And it's got 17 grams of protein and it's covered in real chocolate. If you like chocolate and fruit, they have a cherry barcia flavor. That's amazing. It tastes like a chocolate covered cherry. And you can also do a build your own box. So you can get a few flavors. They have a mixed box where you get all the flavors as well as some puffs you have to try them. Some of them even have nuts in them. So there's a coconut almond that's really popular. Try them. You will love them. Use my code destination begin. You get a discount. Use it every time. New customers get a 15% off discount plus my discount stacks. So go to built.com, find your favorite flavor, get a whole bunch, use my code and love your protein. Sometimes the ocean, when you go out there on the beach, it is super quiet. There are no sounds. Sometimes the ocean is like a lake and it's so quiet out there. You can hear people talking down the beach. There'll be a boat come through, which we don't have many boats come through this area because it's too choppy. And you can hear the people on the boat talking. It's so interesting. It's beautiful and it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes the ocean is just incredibly still and quiet. And it's, it's a feeling. It's not just a state of being. It's a feeling. It's a feeling of gentleness, of like just contented, happy. It's like the ocean is saying, hello, this is me. I'm capable of this. And then other days, it's huge loud, windy, and the ocean is saying, yeah, and I'm also capable of this. <laughs> and it's, we go out there and the sand is flying, the wind is whipping us, the, the waves come way up close to where we are on the beach. And it's loud. And sometimes it looks angry and the sky looks angry. And sometimes it's loud and big and it doesn't look angry. It just looks happy and swirly and like the ocean is having fun. And it's just being big and loud. And other times, it's big and explosive and it's just power. And you can hear the waves hit the shore. And I often think, wow, the ocean doesn't apologize. There isn't a sign sticking up saying, sorry, today I don't have anything to say. Sorry, today I'm feeling boisterous. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes that I'm being so powerful and massive and big. 
Well, I'm sorry I got your towel wet. I didn't mean to come that far. No, the ocean intended to come that far. The ocean intended to be everything that it is. And the biggest lesson of life is exactly that. If we could all show up like the ocean as we are today, you wake up, you're quiet, you're calm. This is how I am today. My soul is still. My soul is my soul is introspective. My soul is happy, at rest. It's calm. It's quiet. Or my soul and my being are powerful. I'm building. I am growing. I am crashing about throughout my life, making things happen today. Today I'm angry. Today I'm taking back what is mine. Today I'm playful. Today I am going to be whimsical and silly and laugh and I'm going to make you laugh. If we could show up 100% without apology as we are, if we all could do that, just think about a dynamic, beautiful, amazing group of human beings would be running around this earth, accomplishing, loving, being, laughing, making things happen. We shrink. We apologize. We don't want to make waves. (laughs) Excuse the pun. We want to show up the way other people expect us. You think, oh, I'm going to the beach. We want perfect sunshine and perfect little waves so we can wakeboard and the water should come this far and not any further and not get my towel wet. No, we show up. The ocean does as it pleases and we accept it. Sometimes we're like, oh man, crazy day at the ocean. I'm getting sand in my face. The ocean is like, I'm, I'm the ocean. You don't like it? Go to a lake. This is what you get. This is how I am. What if you showed up that way today? What if I showed up that way today? What would that mean? What would that look like? We don't need to apologize for who we are, what we're doing, how we're showing up, as long as we are showing up with our truest self. Sometimes our truest self is loud. Sometimes our truest self is assertive. And is saying, I have things to do and I'm going to do this thing. And it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with anything else. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to worry about if it makes you feel small or if it makes you feel intimidated or if it's not fair. I'm going to do. I'm going to be. I'm going to shine. And when we all can do that, empowers. it empowers. When someone sees you being your truest self, it doesn't make others shrink it makes other people feel like, hey, I want to do that too. And if they criticize you, it's because they don't feel like they are showing up. They don't feel like they are doing what you're doing. To see you in your power either motivates or it makes someone feel less than because they're not showing up and they just want to discredit you. So ignore that. Be the ocean. Tap into the ocean inside of you and be, flow, sit, Be angry, loud, powerful, happy, energetic, quiet, still, demure. Just be. If we could all take that lesson from the ocean, what would your life be like? If you laughed when you felt like laughing, if you were quiet when you were feeling quiet, if you asserted yourself, if you stood up for yourself, if you let your personality leak into places that it's never been before, how would that be? I'm seven weeks away from my big show in Minnesota in July. My big show being the Bikini Bodybuilding NPC Twin Cities Open Show. 
Um, this past week was um, was really good. We had a full moon um, last weekend, and I went out to the ocean um, to stick my feet in and look at the beautiful full moon and just listen. And this this prep has been really tough. I've been talking about it a lot, um, kind of giving an update each week. But this prep has been tough for so many reasons. The number one reason, actually, which is kind of a good thing, is that I love my body for the first time in a really long time. I've just, I love, I love how it feels to be in my skin. Um, when I think about being on a stage, I know I'm not ready. And so then I'm like, oh, stressed out about what I look like. But if I take that off the table, I really love what I look like. And I love my muscles and I love how I feel. And so I was standing about there in the ocean like, all right, you're either in or you're, in or you're out. Like, pick one here. Like, what are you doing? This is this is your choice. You can do this or not do this. No one's making you do this. And um, thinking about food and how food has become um, too important in my life again. And this is something I talk about a lot with clients and in my programs is that these relationships that we have with food, food behaviors, habits, they ebb and flow. Sometimes we feel like we've got it all figured out. And then we'll find ourselves struggling again. And then we go, oh no, I guess I didn't have it figured out. Yeah, you did have it figured out for that season of your life and for that circumstance. But we, we have to continually work on our relationship with ourselves and our food. Just like if you were in a marriage or in a relationship with a friend, relationships take work and time and effort and they're not always the same. Your dynamic with people is not always the same. Your dynamic with food is not always the same. Now, I don't know why this is for all the reasons, but food is emotional. Food often becomes our best friend. It's our coping mechanism. We turn to food instead of people, instead of connection, because it gives us that pleasure. It gives us flavors, tastes, and it most definitely hits on those pleasure centers in our brain that activate those feel-good receptors. The dopamine is released. Um, Sugar, sugar is uh, more powerful than um, cocaine, Uh, It's more powerful, more addictive than cocaine and more powerful to your brain than heroin. There's so many studies about sugar. So, you know, to say I'm feeling a certain way, instead of calling a friend, I'll just go home and have some Oreos and watch TV. That sounds fun. They don't have to talk about it. It's easier. So we have a relationship with food. And sometimes we can break those habits, those connections to the Oreos and to that pattern and we figure it out and we stop choosing it when we're feeling sad and we stop choosing it when we're feeling anxious. But maybe we choose uh, food that's not so unhealthy, but in a different setting. And then all of a sudden that becomes something we grab onto too much. I do that. All of a sudden I find a healthier alternative to Oreos. I'm making protein cookie dough on my couch. It's amazing. It's high protein. It's low calories. Well, now all of a sudden I want to eat it four times a day. So that's not a healthy relationship with anything, any kind of food that is a processed food or has a sweet flavor to it or is mimicking something else. So our relationship with food and food behaviors, they ebb and flow. And so this prep, I just have found myself having to reset over and over again. And I feel like I stood there kind of surrendered. Like, what is this? I go in the kitchen and I have such a hard time just choosing my plan and I do it. And I feel really good about it. And then the next day I struggle and I, I just kind of stood there beside of myself like, what's going on? And I, I don't want to fight this anymore. And I just kind of heard my soul say, then don't fight it. Just set it down. Set the food down. Go back to your basics. It's just food. It's just nutrition. 
you bought a sparkly bikini and you've been working really, really hard, you've been showing up, all you have to do is execute the plan. You're feeding your body. It's nutrition. You know how to do this. Set it down. Just set it down. Listen to your body. Listen to your hunger cues. But I just kept hearing it over and over again. Set it down. And since then, when I go in the kitchen and I'm eating and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if there's something else, I hear this in my head. Set it down. So I set it down. I close the refrigerator door. I leave the kitchen. Find something else to do. And it's taken some effort, but it has turned the corner this week for me with food. It's just food. Set it down. Go find something else to do. And this is what I had to do way back when, when I had weight loss surgery. I couldn't eat. And so I had to find something else to do, even when other people around me were eating. Go to a restaurant, two bites, I'm full. I had to find something else to do at the meal, at the dinner table. And guess what? I did. And so surely I know how to reestablish this habit and cultivate this relationship with food of it's just food, set it down. So I invite you to think about that in your kitchen or when you're at a dinner table or you're out to dinner. When you serve yourself the food that you have chosen and you're done, set it down. Maybe say it out loud. I'm setting this down. Put a napkin over it. Leave the kitchen. Whatever you have to do, say it out loud. Set it down. And walk away. If you're hungry again, guess what? You get to eat again. That's also been powerful for me is to say, you know what? I get to come back here and enjoy food again in a little while. But for now, I'm going to go train my clients. I'm going to go work on my podcast. I'm going to go write some workouts. I'm going to do something else. And I can pick this back up later. So I invite you to use this mantra. Set it down. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email. Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.